Hey, really excited about this week's podcast. And the man is back on, Dr. Craig Duncan. How are you, mate? I'm fantastic, Greg. How are you? Living the dream, mate. Living the dream. And we're going to talk about is ego damaging your leadership? Is ego the enemy? Yeah, absolutely. It is, and it can be, and we're going to try and make sure it's not an enemy for you. Let's rip in. Welcome to the Body Science Podcast, bringing you everything you need, want, and should know about health, fitness, nutrition, and training. As always, the information contained in this podcast is for the information purposes only and is not designed to diagnose or be prescriptive to treat, prevent, or manage any injury, disease, or other health-related condition. This podcast was brought to you by the newest product to enter the body science performance range, Myocytin. Independent research-proved body science Myocytin to outperform standard creatine. In only six days, athletes ingesting Myocytin gained more than twice as much body mass as those consuming regular creatine. Athletes also increased upper arm girth by over 200% more than regular creatine users and improved their bench press performance significantly more than users of regular creatine. Ask your local supplement retailer how to get yours. Welcome to Body Science HQ, the world of fit, happy, healthy. And today we're going to talk about ego and leadership with Dr. Craig Duncan. Mate, this is a big topic for you, isn't it? Yeah, it really is because I think ego affects all of us and I, I've seen it really impact leadership. But we also have to remember if you're, everyone is a leader because you are leading yourself and we need to focus on that. But particularly if you're in a leadership role in any aspect of life, if you're a coach or wherever you are, ego is going to impact you. And let's be honest, you've just tapped on everyone as a leader in some capacity. I want to I want to flip this bad boy if we can. How do we know if we have a big ego that's affecting us? Like, how do we know that we've got an ego? <laughs> I think the easiest way to know is when someone challenges you and everything in your body wants you to fight back or turn and uh, storm off in the other direction. Wow. I think that's a great way to know. When that happens, that's your ego. Yeah. So from a leadership perspective and, you know, damaging, I mean, obviously there's natural born leaders and I'm not sure they're the people that, you know, run at the front, run at the front or whatever it is, like a lot of people talk about when they're putting out good leadership. I think leadership is understanding people. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's all about relationships, but you know where a good place to start is what leadership is not. Okay, so I, I think let's, let's go with that. So leadership has nothing to do with seniority or one's position in the hierarchy of a company. Nice. So we need to be clear on that. Yep. Leadership has nothing to do with titles. So you don't become a leader just because it says that you're the you're the leader. Uh, leadership has nothing to do with personal attributes. And leadership is not management. However, what leadership is, it's a process of social influence, which maximizes the efforts of others towards achievement of a goal. And it's exactly what you said, Greg. It's about relationships. Hey, mate, you've obviously worked with a lot of sporting teams, Socceroos, New South Wales, Rugby League, Manly. I could go on forever on teams you've worked with. What's one of the, the big traits that you've seen? I mean, obviously being a football coach is a big gig these days because you're blamed for performance, okay? So you're not running on the field, you're not doing anything, but you are, you've got 30 men in a squad and you have to bring the best out of them every day. What are some of the traits of good leadership in, in, in the sporting world? In my experience, the, the good leaders are the ones that very much understand that they can't do it by themselves. Okay. So often leaders make the mistake and particularly coaches make the mistake thinking that they have to be the tall poppy, the, you know, the, the big dog there and that they have to know it all because that's what people it's expecting. The best leaders are the ones that know they can't know it all. And together as a team, we work together to get those, those positive outcomes. They're the leaders that I see have the most success. They surround themselves with very good people 
and not an echo chamber. See, you also know when you've got a problem as a leader in respect to ego is you surround yourself with people that tell you what you want to hear. Okay. And we call that the echo chamber and it's the most destructive thing that you can ever do as a leader. And I see this time and time again with coaches because as your ego grows, as your power grows, you've got people around you They just want to please you because your livelihood, the pleaser's livelihood is related to the leader, right? Because the leader has the power to to say you're working for me or not working for, for me. They're the worst people to ever have around you. What you do need is a challenge network. And mate, so from a challenge network, give me an overview of what that actually means. It means that, well, I have a challenge network around me and you're part of it. It's the people that I know will care about me and have my back. So that's, that's important that they do want the best for me. So that's important. However, if I'm feeding them something that isn't going to get me where I want to go, they're going to tell me and they're not going to worry about telling me because they know that's the role that they have in this relationship. So for me as a a human performance strategist, if I'm advising a coach and they say something to me and it's not correct, then it's my job, that's what they're paying for me for, to tell them what's the best outcome for them because what I want is for them to achieve what they're, they're desiring to achieve, not to please them. That's not my goal. That's not what I get paid for. However, it's it's about the desired outcome, not making the journey fun. Is that what you're saying? And fun, if you've got an ego, when I say fun, what I'm talking about is, yes, I'm doing the right thing. Yes, I'm killing it. Yes, we're doing well. Look how good I am. That type of scenario I'm talking about, you're talking about people realigning me all the time as a leader? Yeah, absolutely. Having those people around you that actually want you to to enjoy the journey, to get the journey right. But the thing is, when people say something to you, nah, Greg, that's not right. I I think we could do it another way what happens to you there you all of us as humans it's natural for us we want everyone to love us we want everyone to agree with us all the time that's the natural thing Mm -hmm. however that will get you very not very far in life okay so mate let's let's step back to the ego side of it if i've got a manager or an upline who has an incredible ego and you know they've invested their family's money and life and time and taken away from you know, dinners with the kids and like someone at the top has worked hard to be where they are. How do I as a middle manager take this approach with someone who has an ego? Like it's really easy for you and I to sit here and say, and you know, we, we, we both run our company. So it's really easy to say, oh, you should do this and you should do that. But there's dates and times when I know that people around me are not going to change the path that I'm on because I've got something big I want to achieve and I'm head down, bum up. I'm probably not the best leader at that time. I mean, I do try to be a good leader I mean, you monitor me so you know what type of leader I am mm. but th- there are times when I just walk straight through the back of the factory come in shut the door and go something's happened something's ignited me and because I'm in that position of leadership I can march through close my door and put my head down but my middle management they don't have a door to close they don't have the ability to go in and nest somewhere else they've got their space in the office that they've picked to be there where they sit and what they do and they they don't have that luxury of of just turning off if that's the way to put it the rest of the world whereas i can as as a leader i can go don't talk to anyone don't care about your problems don't come near. i wouldn't say that to people but that type well maybe i have said it once or twice because the production manager's laughing right now but i have the ability to do that and that's an ego driven you're a boss you think you can do whatever you want, but I've got a bigger picture and a bigger goal in mind and people may not get that at the time. But stepping back, so I actually finished this sentence, <laughs> my middle management probably doesn't have the chance to do that because they've still got to work with me on what I want to do and they've got to work with the people around them that to, 
that deliver upline to them. So how does that middle management or that that leadership group that works with the person who has the ability to have that ego actually put into place a program to make that something that is real versus just a good idea? Well, that's interesting what you say. I mean, I'm going to just take it a step back. What makes you think that you locking your door with your head down and bum up focused on something is the best way for you to do that? Because are you blocking yourself away from a concept of what I would call rethinking? Because you could be down going down the wrong direction. Is there is there any possibility that you could be going down a wrong direction at that time? Absolutely, because there's, you know, I'm in my lane and I'm staying in it and I'm not looking left or right. Okay, so... <laughs> This is this is very interesting. Okay, but what what's going on with you then? What are you what are you thinking? You're marching in and you're going straight to your office and you're locking your door. You've got an idea, and I know you. You're a fabulous leader. I I, I really think you're 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 great, and and you've definitely got your um your company and your people at front of mind. But you're being very authentic here and telling me that there's times when you don't feel like that. But let I I want to embrace those times because I know you do have those those busy busy times and. What's going on there? Oh, look, it, it, it could be many things. It could be a, a cultural issue of something that's happening with the brand story in the marketplace that mm-hmm. comes across in a very direct, you know, when something comes over the bow of the boat, you go, woo, that was close. It, you know... And I would say recently, I made a massive mistake with one of our therapeutic products mm-hmm. in that we had a date and time that we had to move it by. We just landed it. It was a it was a big issue for the brand. Uh, and we're talking big dollars in, in the big picture of what it was. And there was teams that need to be realigned, strategies need to be reset. I had to tell my business partner what had mm-hmm. happened. There was a lot of things going on that could have gone a thousand ways. And so the way I probably dealt with that was I set a strategy up to myself before I got in the car, got in the car, made the phone calls or two that I needed to back up some of the things I was talking about and I normally walk through the factory high five the boys you know fist pump how you going what's happening out the back and girls that work in dispatch and in the garment division all that and then I go around and say hello to everyone in, in customer service downstairs and then I walk up and I've got my crew here and we do our thing in the octagon which is a part of the office that I run but there, there's days where I just go I peel straight in and I might be yeah. on the phone at the time I might and people, I don't get it, but people will say to me, "Greg's got those eyes on." Yeah, and and look, I'm a, I'm aware. Obviously, I'm a, I'm aware of what what happened the other day yeah. with you, um, and and what I will say is that you 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 did a great thing as a, a leader, as you owned that, and you you went into I suppose fix it mode. However, what I would need you to be aware of, and this is this is interesting, is that the days that you do come through, and what we know from leadership research, the days where you do come into your office and you are in that, and that. It's completely justifiable. Do you know what I mean? You want to get to the desk and you want to get on to this, what you're going to do. But those days where you do walk through that, that impacts your people. It does. Okay. And so that the way that impacts your people, so it decreases the creativity and productivity. And it's like a, a family when dad's angry and he's had a bad day at work and, and you're a kid, you're, you, you don't feel comfortable at home. That's what's actually happening in your workspace. But it's a little bit more important in some respects to home because those people, are they... In turn, their well-being goes down for that day and depends how long it goes goes on for, but they could in turn make further mistakes, which sort of uh, catastrophizes a mistake that the leader might have had. So I think all leaders need to be aware of the absolute impact that they're having uh, on their workforce at all time. Um, and, and mate, I, I mm. get that and we're exactly where I would like to be on this podcast right now. We've got a leadership example where ego allowed someone to walk through shut a door and just get on with what they need to do. Now, 
let's drop down to the leadership group that I work with. Yep. Now, how do they handle that? Because it's really cool for us to say, as a leader, you need to acknowledge and all the things that you're talking about. But what about turning that upside down where that crew has seen me walk in? They know I've got that face on. Yep. How should people in middle management be dealing with this ego-driven employer? Well, again, it goes one step back from that. It's uh, And in our leadership development work, it's having those relationships with those key people in your area that you've created. Have you created an echo chamber or a challenge network? What have you created? Oh, look, I, I like to believe I've got a challenge network because that's okay. something I strive. I've got, you know, you talking to me about that regular. I've got Luke talking to it and Luke talking to the team as well in certain areas around that. But that day was definitely an echo chamber. I knew what I was hearing and it was me. Yep. Okay. So that's that's fine. And this is an extreme example for everyone listening. Oh, it's not my we, day. It's not my every day. But I, yep. I, it's really easy for us here to say, oh, you should do this and you should do that and you should do this. And it's, it's it's probably not CEOs that are taking what we're taking at the moment. It is very much middle management leaders that probably, when you look at the demographics, who who loves the body science brand, you know, it's that 24 to 45 year old. And we're talking people who they're, they're not, they're in the middle of the pecking order. They're in an area where they've got a voice. So, you know, they should have some type of change mechanism going with what they're doing in their life or, or, or jog on, move on somewhere else. So we're, we're very big on that here at Body Science. Like, But that day, and I know, look, a couple of examples that happened was Claire, my marketing EA came into me and she gave me some calm stress support, winked at me and walked out. Like, I think that was her way of saying, hey, dude, <laughs> you know, you're, you're, you're on the edge of where you normally are. And like, she didn't try and give me advice or anything. She just put, she knows I love calm stress support. So mm. she dropped it down with a glass of water and winked at me and walked out. So, and you know, and like Ash, who works with me, had some meetings booked in that morning, you know, she just cancelled them in the diary and moved on and re-put them for another day. So there's people around me who reacted in a way that didn't cause disruption. But what I'm saying is middle managers do not know how to deal with someone with an ego. Like we're saying as leaders, we've got to try and hide that. But as leaders, we have that. You're not, you don't get to leadership unless you've got some type of ego and some play. It's how you manage that as a human that really matters. Yeah. Look, how how we need to deal with that as middle managers first is that we want to work on ourselves as leaders okay so that's that's imperative so if you're listening to this and you're in a middle management spot you can research your leader as such and and identify you know what they're doing positive and what they're doing negative and and how to how to actually work that i would say to the middle manager is is you need to do your job so what is your job okay if your job is and your leader okay is um, is off track and you have built a relationship on that day, I would hope that the relationship is there, okay, that 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 is there where someone, and look, Greg, I'm very much in prevention of this. Yeah. So what, what we should be doing with the body science team is is taking a step back and going when this happens to our, to our owners, and uh, it could be you or Nace, it, it could be anything. Yeah. Okay, when this happens and you're in this conversation, so we it's going to happen again, okay? It, that is 100% going to happen. It could happen 10 times during the year that you're going to walk in exactly like that because I know the pressure you're under at different times of the year. Okay, what is, so we do the pre-mortem, what is the process that we go through? And we all agree to that process that this is the process. The process should have probably been is that you presented what actually happened. Everyone's inclusive. Everyone knows because who's to say that the idea you thought up in your while you're while you're sleeping or in the morning was the best idea rather than this middle management team that you've got that you believe in they might have had some other ideas and we could have got to a better outcome absolutely 
Absolutely. So, so what I'm saying is like it can only work when we preempt this or what we talk about as having a pre-mortem to go, this is going to happen. There's going to be times you're human that you're going to walk in and you don't want to speak to anyone. Cool. All right. There has to be something. What's the process for that? Because it's great what Claire did. Very good emotional intelligence to do that. But what we didn't get is that we had a group of middle managers that could come in and have a discussion. So it needs to be, if I was a middle manager, I, I would be coming in and going, okay, something's up here. All right. Uh, can we sit down and, and discuss it? Now that's going to take guts. That's going to take courage. Yep. That's They're the people I want. I don't want them sitting out scurrying in the back background thinking, oh, you know, Greg's, Greg's upset or my leader's upset. So I'll just do this because who knows what Greg's doing? Who knows what the leader's doing? He could be making decisions in there that are based on emotion, are based on sleep deprivation. That could mean I'm not going to have a job because we don't have a company. Yep, so, point. so are you courageous or, or, or are you worth actually going up that step as a middle manager? I that's what that. I would say. Mate, and I think that's great advice. And if you can't do that, you're probably in the wrong place to be honest. If you're, you're probably going to be held back in time. We all have had the luxury these days of seeing coaches at halftime. Yes. And you see so many different styles sitting in circles, people walking around doing whatever they want. You see coaches going off, throwing things, kicking things. Now, you've done a lot of monitoring of athletes and that. So is there a time and a place where ego is deserved? Like, is Look, there a I time think... and a place where laying the law down actually realigns yeah. where things Look, are? Because, sorry, let me cut you off. Yeah. You go. Yeah. What I'm going to say there, Greg, is, you know, in the work that I do with coaches, okay, I always want them to be self-aware. The whole self-science philosophy is about self-awareness, knowing yourself. I'll say to coaches, you've got three or four, three or four rants in you, maybe a year. Okay. You, you need to use them under control. The coach that's going off that hasn't thought exactly why they're doing that, that they're strategic in why they're doing that, and they're using one of those cards, okay, is, is for me just an amateur. However, so many, when I need to be clear with people here, uh, there are some wonderful coaches, but I would say there's more coaches that aren't wonderful um, because they need to learn the concept of leadership to learn this strategy to work with people to get them to be better i'm very fortunate to work with some very good coaches that are mindful uh, and intelligent of that way when they go off they know exactly why they're going off and it's because of that reason and i would say that's any leader you've got that in your back pocket but use it strategically just the 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 rant for no no reason and if it's done every week i'll tell you what it does to players it it's just it, it after after two or three times you know in continual weeks you don't even hear it anymore they're just going here you go again and then what you've done is lost the dressing room okay so i've seen i've seen that happen and yeah i'm just like yeah what, what's going on here because their ego is getting in the way i've sat there where i've heard coaches talk about my reputation coaches saying what you're doing is it's it's my reputation and it's like what are you, who wants to play for a person like that yeah exactly you know and, and i'm sitting they're going hang on what do you where do you want to go with this because you're showing your cards that this is all about you you don't care about your people and this happens in the workplace as well it's about relationships and if i go like i mean if i say there's research on what people what followers want from their leaders and i can guarantee you it's not a big ego so mate just stepping back to that that big ego when you've got three or four in your pocket okay that scenario there because that's an an interesting analogy from someone who's monitored a lot of people so obviously you've you've been in sport 
sport, you you know backwards there's there's one or two, and there's times where things just don't click and frustration, yep. and you spend all a coach would spend all week working on strategy, and it goes as soon as the whistle goes, gone. And I can understand people kicking things at halftime, and but from a from someone who does have those three or four and uses those every year, like I'm now talking about the leader that does at times show their ego. If you're in that environment, for the people around you, are you spraying one player or the whole team? Like if you've got the need to do that and the desire to do that, do you, and you know, say say it's a halfback that's just not playing the game, like real, something really simple. In that group, is it dangerous to talk about the whole team in that ego spray or is it better for the team to acknowledge that the halfback hasn't been doing what the, the plan is? Am I making sense what I'm trying to ask you here? Like, yeah, yeah, you are. But I do people need to know when, when, when a leader's ego is out of control, the true purpose of it, or do they need the general version of it, like you guys or Johnny? Yeah, look, I, I would say the leaders I want to work with, I, would, I never want to see their ego out of control. Yeah, I, I wouldn't that. call that an ego, e, an ego spray. I would okay. call it, okay, it's not, not to do with ego. It's a strategic uh, identification at a high level of emotion to make, uh, make a, a really good point. I believe, in the sports that we work in, they're team sports. Yep. So no one is ever, uh, not one person is ever responsible for, for negative actions yeah, on the field. Advice, yeah. And I, if people do single out people, I've got a real problem with that because we're, you can do that because, hey, if we make mistakes, do I need someone ramming it down my throat? Absolutely. I know. Yeah. I know on the sporting field, someone knows when they've made a mistake. It might be a quiet conversation with one of the other coaches just going, looking at it, are you okay? Are you right to go on? Is this out of your head? That's what you want to sort of do. But if the entire team, we 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 um, we come as a team, we win as a team, we lose as a team, we make mistakes as a team. It's a team sport. Let's focus on that. It's interesting though, when people are kicking things and, and that, and it's uncontrolled on the weekend, the whole whole thing was sport it's the journey of the training that's where the work should be in the preparation before the game the game is the player's day to show what you've done in that journey so how many leaders sit back and are aware enough to go hang on the preparation wasn't right if the execution is wrong on the on the on the game day surely we've got to look at the training and how that happened and how we got them to the preparation that's where ego comes into it because people just go at it and they've got these other coaches going yeah the players are rubbish i hear this the players are rubbish you know your staff is rubbish you know you've got all these little people around you going not they might be little but yeah. you know um, uh, going around you and saying this where it's like hang on Let's look at us. We're preparing the team. We're apparently coaching the team and this happens. See, I'm even thinking when you told me that you're walking in the back door and you're going up to your office, I'm thinking, hang on, why haven't I addressed that? I'm, I'm thinking that, like, do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm thinking that with you. So <laughs> I think a coach should be should be going, hang on, the team isn't performing. What have we done wrong in this preparation? Because one of the greatest coaches of all time, John Wooden, if you haven't looked up John Wooden, please do. He was identified as the, the best basketball coach in um, the 20th century. Yeah. Um, he, he coached at UCLA, if you haven't known him, and they won incredible games. And some of his writing, he became like a, a, a philosopher, you know, in respect to this. 
And he always talked about the training had to be greater than the game. You know, that they trained at such, everything was done right. And I read recently about him that he actually spent, when the students first came to UCLA, two hours teaching them how to put their socks on. Because if the socks weren't put on right, okay, and there was crinkles in them that it could lead to blisters, which would lead them to miss training sessions, which would lead them to miss games. So that attention to detail he's going back into. He's not going to rant on a, a post-game in a half-game he's going to think about, okay, I'm going to address this at training. So why yeah, I nice. say- Well put, I, enjoy, I like that. Why I say you've got three or four in your bag to to have those rants, they're more from a motivational perspective, yeah. okay? And you need to know what you're doing. It's need to know when the arousal is down and you need to rise the arousal. The team is just not putting in. It seems to be everything's a bit down. We've all seen it in sport. They need to get them in halftime and you need to get them. So psychologically, they go out and they're, they're more aroused to perform. That's the only reason. It can't be because you've got to get something off your chest. Yeah. That's not leadership. No, fair enough. Totally agree with that too, actually. Mm-hmm. That's a very, very good point. So, mate, packaging up leadership, what are some of the styles of leadership we've got out there that you, you've just done a leadership course, if I'm correct? Or you're doing a yeah, leadership I've been doing, Yeah, yeah, I've been doing some research in leadership, which is fantastic um, for me um, after all these years. And, and gee, it's been uh, fascinating looking at the literature. And I'm going to, uh, I've got a couple of leadership projects that are on the way, research projects, and, and one I've spoken to you about you know working with the body science crew and and other people that we work with look what, what i'm very much about servant leadership authentic leadership these styles yeah. where where you really create create relationships my leadership philosophy i talk about most is is agile being there will be sometimes where you've got to come in and go okay i just need to get this done you've got to do this this and this that authoritarian sort of leadership but overall i want your foundation to be you know about relationships building those relationships and that's what people when they identify when people have been researched identifying what leadership skills are needed most out on top comes that the leader inspires and motivates others. That's important. Displays high integrity and honesty. That's number two, Greg, integrity and honesty. I'm sorry, there's so many people I see in leadership positions do not have integrity and honesty. And you know what one of the issues is when ego's out of control? You know what it does? It short-sights your vision and leaders that have out of control with their ego, they also start to be involved in more corrupt behavior. They lose sight of what is the right thing to do um the other other thing that people want to want to see as leaders is that they communicate powerfully and prolifically so their regular communication with their team they collaborate they promote teamwork they build relationships you know like in an organization in an organization do you know with those people that you're, you're dealing with do you know what makes them tick because you know what extra money in their pocket is not going to inspire them however if you know what's happening with them you know their sporting team that they they support and then on the weekend you come and go you know what i've got you a couple of box seats at that sporting sporting game they're going to love it because you know what you care they know that you care do you know how many leaders because of their ego they think it's all about them that they don't pat people on the back and go you know what that was a fantastic idea this is what it became and it was because of you i want you i want to acknowledge your performance you know like doing that on a regular basis see leaders with big egos they don't do that they will never do that they will just think it's all about them all about their bottom line uh all about their fame and fortune and power rather than thinking about hang on what about these people that are 
helping me to get there. Like that's that's what it's about, Greg. Absolutely. You know, and that's, that's the leadership I, I like. We, you know, this authoritarian type leadership, you know, is just is just not. I don't think it's it's just long term. It's not going to work. And that's how a lot of coaches operate in the sporting field, particularly in the major sport I work in, which is soccer. It's like this just doesn't work. This is the industrial age stuff. How you're conducting yourself. How do you want people to play for you if you don't care about them? You know what it's like, Greg. We've we've all been led. If a leader, I want to play for you, you know, because you 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 believe in me, and I think it's uh, it's really important. Uh, interesting enough, I mean, and I know um, just to go on a little bit, but millennials, you know, and and you have a lot of millennials working with we you. We have a lot of millennials. And can I tell you about millennials? Millennials are the best, but they get a really bad rap because people like you and me that are now in their fifties forget what it was like to be. Uh, a, a kid and that's a real problem and we forget what it was like to be younger yep. so we then expand this generation gap that we used to complain about from our parents you know what millennials they're educated they're they're uh, tech savvy they they want to make a difference they're environmentally conscious they want to want to leave the world a better place however if they're not inspired and we don't work with them that's not going to happen mate it's really interesting you say that because i sent to sharia nathan this week you know what millennials want i've found this really cool mentoring millennials by Gene Meister and uh, Meister and Williard. That's it. Yeah. So I knew you'd be all over it. So the, the top five characteristics of what they want in a boss, what they want in a company and what they want to learn. I mean, absolutely. that's just three great things to build a foundation on, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know what they want? They want straight feedback. They want you to help navigate them a career path. They want to be mentored and coached and, and sponsored, like feel like you're part of their journey. Like that's one of the big things that's coming across in this, which absolutely. is what you mentioned earlier. Yeah, they, they want these skills. They want to develop. They want to be inspired. You know what? Everyone wants to be inspired by something that you've created that's going to make the world a better place. I mean, that, you know, that's how I see the world. However, there is so many leaders that are still leading in a way, I'm talking 1900s, 1800s. You know, and, and it just can't work. And um, I mean, if you're a leader out there and you need help in this area, I'm here to help because everyone needs a coach. And, and sadly, there's a lot of leadership development programs out there, but I don't know really if they hit the mark okay. because the leadership development coach sometimes becomes part of the echo chamber. Yes. Rather than telling it how it is. Like I'm sitting here, Greg, and I can't get out of my head. I'll tell you again, <laughs> are you walking in that back door and not high-fiving those guys because you made a mistake? And probably right. along the lines of, I probably didn't put my monitoring that day. You know what I mean? It's probably been that whole scenario of, so just so That's, you know, with <laughs> Dr. Craig here, he has a monitoring system and, I, and I, I recommend everyone reach out to him and look, I'll be really honest. I've told him he's got to make it pretty or it won't work because it's, it's based on coach to coach to athlete. It needs mm. to go from coach to to, gee, that looks pretty on my watch. So we've we've been having that chat, but it is an amazing tool. And I think that anyone, how do we get you, Dr. Craig? Like if people want to contact you about monitoring from a CEO level to a management level to a whole staff or to a division, and we're not talking monitoring, and people need to understand it's not watching what you do. Because as soon as I mention the word, word mm. monitoring to people, they go, oh, why would you want someone to know what you're doing? Yeah. Can I, can I chat to that? Yeah. Because the, this is an example of my ego. I, my ego is the enemy of me. I know what I'm like and I know, but I try to practice what I preach in respect to self-science. And when I see my body prick up, when my challenge network, which you're part of, and my business partner is a major part of and say things to me, I go, ah. Oh. And one of the things you both said to me, it's incredible, this app, it's ugly. Yeah. And, I, and I'm going to do this. I and like I'm pretty like, things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, 
and then you're, you're this, I need it to do this, this and this. So in actual fact, it's taken me a while to accept that because I might say, well, there's 5,000 other people that haven't said that. However, excitingly, I've decided to change my whole philosophy for this this new market where we are developing an app at the moment. It will be called Dr. Coach and it will be quite different to to what we started with based on the feedback of my challenge network, which you're a major part of now. And I'm comfortable because I I know that it's going to be a better product and get me to where I want to go, which is to help people. Look, the best place to go for me is is drcraigduncan.com.au. If you go there, it's got all my other links to all my Instagram, YouTube, wherever you want to go. And it's also got a a link to our company, uh, PIA. So that's the best place to find me, contact me and send me an email or whatever you want to do because I know uh, you're waiting out there you've got untold potential and sometimes you know ego is just part of the the noise that gets in gets involved and then we don't ever reach our potential and that's the that's the thing I want to try and prevent with people that we work with and it's really interesting like from a monitoring perspective I'll get an, a text message from you on a Sunday use your Sunday mm. to set up to power through Monday you know that's that's one of the messages because you've been watching what I'm doing you've probably seen my Wednesday Thursday Friday I've you know I've put my work because obviously I'm going through an issue at the moment I've put my work issue at you know nine out of ten of you mm. know intensity and that type of thing so part of this monitoring is just these little messages that come through to make and I'm just scrolling through you send me so so many it's just amazing like what impact are you having on your workforce today so obviously I've done something in my in my monitoring with you and you've decided that I'm just going to let realign Greg a little bit here and go what impact have you had on your workforce today and while the wording there isn't pretty and nice you're straight to the point I sat back and went yeah let's think about that yeah and that's a that's a theory like a psychological theory about nudging yeah. uh, it's, it's actually called nudging theory or I like to call I love it, that you're uh, talking yeah, about yeah. it the other, we should do a podcast on that yeah and, and it's just about nudging you in a direction and I know sometimes you don't want to hear it mm. that's not what I'm here for you know and and you know I, I think sometimes you ring me up and go I know you don't want to hear it or I start talking away and you go hang on stop talking just do it so <laughs> I mean uh, I've got to say if you're out there if you've got people around you that are just always patting you on the back do this for me do this say something absolutely ridiculous if you're a leader that you know know is is going to be negative for your business or negative for your environment and if people agree with you you're in big strife you've got the wrong people around you either you're getting coached them to tell them that's not what you want it's an example what you've created so you've got to reflect on that and you've got to change course particularly if you want to maximize the potential of your organization and i don't care if you're a personal trainer leading yourself or a, a small gym owner or a big gym owner or whatever you're in the body science family it doesn't matter. You've got to question and start thinking, okay, am I being the best leader I can be? And if you say, yes, I am, I am great. And I do not have an ego. That's the best one. I do not have an ego. Yeah, you do. Because the ego is the enemy for every person listening to this. Um, And I've got a major ego that I have to try and control every single moment of my life. Yeah. So it's awareness. Self-science. Yep. I love that. We might wrap up on that, mate. That's been great having you on board. I think there's a lot of really good outtakes from that, that a lot of people will uh, sit back and think about. I know I've got to sit back and think about a few things and I do know that I'm going to get a phone call from you when I hang up (laughs) because you're going to go and pick my brains on uh, my little internal (laughs) explosions I had. So mate, thanks for coming on board. It's Dr. Craig Duncan. It's D-R-C-R-A-I-G-D-U-N-C-A-N.com.au. Once again, I just want to shout out to everyone. Thank you for following the 
the Body Science Podcast. Thank you for subscribing. If you subscribe, it, it allows us to get people like Dr. Craig on to give his advice. He's given an hour and a half of his time today. He is a person that is at the highest level of sports science with a lot of other great people that we have on the podcast. And mate, thanks for coming on. And, and everyone out there, thank you so much for subscribing. We really do appreciate it. Everyone does. It's, nah, it's not just me. There's a team that put this together and all of us say thank you. Thanks, Greg. See you, mate.